Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. In the original trilogy, it's like, the Jedi were once these things. And then like and in then the, the prequel, prequels, it was like, we're Jedi motherfucker. Yeah, like, join yeah. us. We're so cool. Welcome to Mandalorian, the Miradon miniseries where we all discuss about the Disney Plus show uh, that happens every week, uh, The Mandalorian. Today, we take off our masks, but only for a little bit, and uh, we talk about Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Kids don't notice because they're distracted by a little baby. Yoda. Yeah. Uh, Sanctuary. Uh, uh, let's get the show on the road. Let's introduce the host. I'm Tom. I'm Ollie. And on the and I'm Corey. Yes, we have Corey. And this episode is brought to you in part by the lovely people of the Nerdon Nation, powered by Patreon. Patreon. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Patreon, it is a uh, service where you can uh, support your favorite creators for from $1, and our tiers go up to $8 out mm-hmm. of our three-tier system, and be part of a Discord community. Listen to episodes that's never been aired on any t- podcatcher at all. Get exclusive inside access of what we do and how the show is made, but also be part of our shows during our guest that grump sequences, as well as our nerd on update. Mm-hmm. Get that nerd on nudge. Yeah. And hmm. uh, in part by that, uh, we also have some affiliates as well. My favorite part, if you're familiar with the Nerd on Showcase, uh, some would say the internet's number one source for comic books is Comixology, which we have an ongoing uh, <laughs> promo right now for any d- uh, purchase of $15 or more using the promo code NerdOn5, you get mm-hmm. $5 off. You can check that That's out right, yeah. on our link, nerdon.io backslash Comixology. That's like buying three comics and getting one of them free. Yeah. That's like almost that's like buying a really good trade like House of X and then getting $5 off of it, baby. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Shut your mouth when you speak to me. So you can read some cool uh Star Wars lore comic books that's currently in continuity in canon from Disney uh and Marvel. So uh check that out at nerdon.io backslash comicsology. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm done doing all so the where, talking. So we're we're pretty sweet. We're following the show, The yes. Mandalorian. Yes. We're on chapter four. Chapter four. Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, so, is our, this is our third episode. Third, uh, this is our third episode. Yes. yes. Our first episode covered the first two mm-hmm. episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. And then we covered chapter three. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about chapter four. So let's get let's get into it. What you, what'd you guys all think? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I have a soft spot for episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this was... This was a nice turn from from the espionage and the kind of the same location we've been sitting. It kind of reminded me of like what what I wished Firefly was. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got Where I they, got a lot of Firefly vibes from this episode. Maybe because yeah. Firefly did something very similar. To I this. did. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> uh, I, but I thought this was executed really, really well, um, and I really enjoyed yeah. finding out not not so much about the Mandalorian culture, but more about Mando himself. Himself, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and and what what uh, beliefs he holds to be important. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. Yeah, I like yeah. how our two main characters don't have names. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Mando Baby and Yoda. the child. <laughs> Baby Yoda and Mando. Uh, Ollie. Yeah, we had some we had some personal more personal you know attention mm-hmm. this time around with the widow. Uh, interesting, you know. Yeah. She got a little bit of that helmet off, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we got oh, a little bit. So of, close. We got some more Star Wars food, spotchka. Yeah. You know? So that was him. Like he almost he thought about it, right? He thought about it. He's oh like, no, That's he really tempting. He wanted it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just that you know that tropey. You know, 
hero that can never settle because mm-hmm. it's the middle of the season. So because you know, you know this is the way. Because it's the middle of the season. <laughs> it's the middle of the season. And like him, him saying this is the way. Like that after that, like pause <gasps> was almost like almost tragic in well, a way. Well, it's a subversion it's, of the of the last episode. Right. Like, this is the way. It's such a cool like. Oh, that's dope. Right. Also, this like, is like this well, this is these are the drawbacks. But they've made it heartbreaking. This is the yeah. lone wolf thing because also you know again cinematically we haven't seen a Mandalorian in in troops in mm-hmm. troves before. So, you know, from a viewer standpoint who has no uh, ideology of what Mandalorians are, they would have to assume, especially this audience who's watching this for the first time, that Mandalorians are typically lone wolves. Um, Even Mm -hmm. though they belong to, you know, a a culture of people, they're typically nomadic by themselves. Especially the lifestyle they choose. Uh, This episode, I was, uh, I really did enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was a nice change of pace, kind of like what, um, what Corey was kind of hinting at. And it was nice to see, you know, because it's really easy to see this as a filler um, because it's sort of, it's sort of like those one-off, you know, just kind of like that Firefly episode with Jane or whatever. Yep. In the mud lands or whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever that episode was. But uh, I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed Gina Carano. I love yeah. that. Oh, like, I yeah, fucking I really love did. Gina Carano. I love that her first interaction is like a fight. Oh yeah, like it's, sure. like, yeah. it's so appropriate. You don't get an MMA UFC champ like yeah. Gina Carano without a fight scene with her. Without being. a fight scene right right off the bat. And yeah. she has like the, and she's like whipping whipping her his ass. Yeah. Like Yeah. The flip when she Tuesday. flipped and like slammed him down yeah. and his legs then, came down last. I thought that was so cool. But then also, I mean, just you know, for me, the male gaze, I'm gonna say it out loud, like she has that like beauty pageant smile. Yeah. That I'm like, mm-hmm. damn them dimples. Very disarming. Though, which I'm just like that's so badass. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoy. It. Yeah. Anytime Gina Carano's on 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 screen. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I and was she owns finally... it. Like I hundred. I know she could kick my ass. Exactly. One hundred percent. Like easily. You have to watch Fast and Furious. Um, I will. <laughs> Haywire, I think, is the movie. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. I actually really like them. That's the first movie I saw. That with her was in the it. first uh, uh, kind of. I feel like in recent years of cinema being like. Women also could be fighters and leading right. characters of yeah. films, and then no one watched it. And then same thing with Tom and Blonde. And obviously, of course, was, mine was Deadpool. Yeah, uh, she's in Deadpool. First, obviously, yeah. right? I'll go about that in the production. Sure. Jesus, guys. So I mean, you know, Sorry. but my impression of her was very positive. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. I thought she killed it. I loved. I loved that she was an ex shock trooper who joined the rebellion. And the one of the little Easter eggs she said is that she's like, you know one of the jobs was after after Endor. Uh, that's where I, you know, I've been working after Ender kind of on the run and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I understand one that thing, reference. One thing I really love about this show, I think it, it, it exudes really well, is the thing that I've been wanting to do, which is play around in this little, in this sandlot of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like we got that with the ATST, mm-hmm. which was, we benefit from having all these other movies and, and, and shows and stuff to tell us what the ATSTs are about and that they belong mm-hmm. to the Empire and we've seen them in action. And to see one here, like like in kind the of middle modded. of nowhere, and you're yeah, exactly, and you're kind of wondering, like, where did this thing come from? Yeah. <laughs> How did it end up here? And these like other scrappers, like so so that was really cool to get that kind of like a little bit of like Star Wars fan, you know, fan service, uh, of yeah. course. But at the same time, it, it was it, it, it's it nice to have the context going well, into it. It makes sense. Like this yeah. is kind of like again, we're seeing the kind of uh, splintering of mm-hmm. the effects of uh, the empire as well as the destruction of the empire. So it makes a lot of sense that like the these like barbaric uh, you know people that are attacking this peaceful village have some imperial technology. 
you mm-hmm. know, that they just probably hijacked because it was like, it was left behind. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine what all the Ewoks did. They ate all the stormtroopers. But, you know, I mean, like, they never went hungry. Right. Yeah. Actually, there isn't there like, a, yeah, because the skulls and the, the helmets on top of their oh, for sure. I mean, they wanted to eat yeah. Luke, too. So, I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah, they for sure ate stormtroopers. Yeah. What about uh, you, Tom? For me, uh, I, I really enjoyed the direction. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely say this is one of my favorite parts. I am so... I was really like it wasn't too effective, but I'm glad that I kind of saw what the attempt was to mm-hmm. make the ATST ser- scary. Yeah, like this is yeah. the first time like it didn't look like a stupid chicken walker. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, this is like a scary force. And like amongst people who aren't just jumping 15 feet in the air who have jetpacks, like mm-hmm. this is a formidable force. Yeah, um, it was shot like a horror film. Yeah, like which, we know what the ATST looks like, yeah. but. Obviously, but like it's cool to have that cinematic effect. And still we we know what it does attempted. compared to like a re- a rebel force. It's nothing. But then right. like compare like compared to the ATAT, it's a bunch like, of people running around. Yeah, but then like in a small environment, a small village, like it is a commanding force. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. if I was like driving around Burbank with a tank, it's like yeah, no one's gonna take <laughs> me out, guys. But then yeah. like going against like the American military, it's like I'm gonna get taken out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I thought it was pretty. Um, it was interesting. I think I, I like, again, I'm, you know, I gave it a pretty harsh, like, uh, judgment, I guess, the first two episodes. And then after these two, you know, three no, and four. I would say critical. It was just a critical judgment. Fucking harsh. harsh. I'm cold hearted <laughs> ass. Okay. Let uh, it be an I asshole. mean, you said it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going in more into it, I'm kind of like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Cause, you know, I'm currently watching Rebels as we speak as well. And so, like, seeing more of Dave Filoni's stuff, I'm kind of like, all right, I saw Clone Wars, all of it in its entirety, and then now I'm watching Rebels, and then now I'm watching this. I'm kind of like, all right, I'm seeing where the, you know, where does Favreau leave off, where Filoni picks up, where does the director mm-hmm. pick up, where the writer drops off. And uh, it's it's kind of like gearing me into like more of like, now I kind of get what the show is going to go with. And it's almost like uh, anthological mm-hmm. in some sense. Yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you kind of pick up with a little bit. And these it's an two char- story. And these two characters are just going to be on the run, which is like kind yeah. of like cool. Yeah, yeah, it's different. I dig it. Um, so with that, um, I guess we'll move on to our brief synopsis and our production. You know, Sounds it's a good. very, very brief. Uh, Corey, do you want to go for it, or do you want to tag team it? What do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can start it off. Go ahead. Um, so we have the Mandalorian and Baby Yodes, or as he calls it, Womp Rat, a uh, little Womp Rat, it, heading to this pretty much deserted planet. He's talking about there's no spaceports, no nothing, not much there, kind of a a, a farm planet. Um, but, in the, but, but us as the audience, we know from the uh, cold open that it's actually uh, pretty feisty down there. These mm-hmm. farmers are, are attacked by what look like beast-like warrior-type aliens uh, that come in and take their food, uh, and 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 things and basically ransack the, the village. Um, so while he's there, he's he's look, he's scouting the place out. He's sitting in a bar, and uh, he sees a a menacing uh, looking ex shock trooper across the restaurant there, who suddenly disappears. Plays the barkeep to keep an eye on the baby Yoda, and goes outside and gets in a pretty unevenly matched fight until the very end, I would say. QCQ. The last mm-hmm. moment there. We're yeah, CQC. what was that? CQC, there you CQC. go. CQC, close quarter combat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Military. Um, <laughs> and they both get distracted by little baby Yodes coming up, and he goes, you know what, can I buy you a drink? And so they get to talking, and it turns out, remind me of her name one more time, sorry. Uh, Cara Dune. G- played Cara by Dune. Gina Carano. Yes, uh, is an ex-shock trooper who joined the Rebellion to take down the Empire, and she's kind of been wandering around on the run ever since Endor. 
Um, so they kind of they hit it off, and she says, you know, well, it's nice knowing you, but unless you want to go around two, this is kind of my hiding place, so you got to get out of here. Yep. Um, as he's packing up his ship to leave, some of the farmers come to him because they recognize his Mandalorian armor. They say, uh, you know, will you help us? It's, we don't have much money, but we, we need help. And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. That's barely chump change. And so they go, all right, I guess we're going to go back to the middle of the nowhere. And that sparks his interest, right? Because he's on the run. So he goes, middle of nowhere, huh? Do you guys have lodging? And they go, yeah, for sure. And he goes, okay. Uh, so he recruits his friend to go help defend against these raiders in exchange for a very private and peaceful place to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, we meet uh, a widow and her child who take interest in in the Mandalorian, uh, asking about his armor and if he's ever taken it off. And we find out a little, more, a little bit more about Mando, saying, you know, the last time he took his helmet off in front of someone, he was about the age of the children. Um, and it's just, you know, this is the way. This is the life I've chosen. They took care of me, and because of that, I respect their their culture. And then he takes it off for a quick second to get a bite to eat. Yeah, yep. but not in front of anyone. <laughs> not in front of nobody. Um, so they go scouting to see what kind of, you know, forces they're up against, and it turns out they have a chicken walker, mm-hmm. ATST, who uh, our shock trooper friend is very familiar with, having been in the Empire for a while, uh, or fought against. And so they come back and they say, there's no way we can do this. And the villagers appeal to their softer side. Um, we have a really great speech by, <laughs> a speech by Gina. Um, and he says, well, we're going to learn how to fight. Uh, if that's the case, you know, I'm not going to leave these people. So they, we have our training montage. Turns out our, our widow is a great shot. Um, and they set up these, these, this trap to get the ATST uh, trapped in the mud, essentially, and tip it over. Fighting ensues. A great battle ensues. And they finally take it down and protect the city. A few weeks go by, actually. And, um, you know, Gina suggests, hey, why don't you settle down? You know, you're on the run. This seems like a nice place to, to stay. And he goes, not for me, but for the kid. I think he, he can grow up here and I think be safe. So he's about to leave the kid there. But us as the audience, again, we get to see that someone still has a fob on him, a tracker. Uh-huh. And a shot rings just as Baby Yoda's in the scope. And all the kids run away from Baby Yoda. And we cut back to the bounty hunter in the woods. And he was taken out from behind by none other than... Damn, Gina! Damn, Gina! (laughs) Uh, So the Mandalorian says, you know, I guess I got to stay on the run. Because they'll they'll come straight here. Um, So they part ways. And they say, until our paths cross again. Which I'm praying they do. Bring her back, please. It it does. If you go on IMDb. Oh, okay, good. Which I had to. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. Um, so, yeah, next thing we see, he's getting his ship and uh, did I forget anything? On the road again. That's it, it right? Yeah, Little baby Yoda it. face as they're leaving back to the ship. And mm-hmm. fair warning um, for everyone listening, this whole show is spoilers. So, I mean, if you are here, oh, yeah. then you know what you're going for. She'll be back in episode seven and eight. So, <laughs> uh, well, maybe some people don't want to know that like me, Tom. Well, she'll be back in seven and eight. So, uh, the production, <laughs> uh, the episode is maybe called... Maybe we'll cut that out. Who uh, knows? The episode's called uh, Chapter Four, Sanctuary. Uh, same writer uh, and creator, uh, but the director is Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, whose directing works uh, has been uh, noted by, uh, most recently in 2019, Dads, uh, Soulmates, which was a short, and then Vanity Fair Decades. Um, also did like other shorts uh, she's done. So like When You Find Me, Orchids, things like that. Um, Pedro Pascal, you know, dons on his Mando suit again. Um, but the extended cast or the side characters for the episode, um, Gina Carano, Deadpool, Fast and Furious 6, Haywire, mm-hmm. and then Julia Jones, who plays Omera. 
who is the widow, is from is from Twilight, Eclipse, uh, Westworld, and Wind River. And uh, that's it. That's all. all there we go. Well, there was uh, what's his name? There's a com- there's a really funny comedian actor in there. I'll look it yeah, up. I'll look yeah, it up while we keep going. About. Who is he's the guy who offered the Mando the money? Yeah, a uh, really talented guy. Yeah. Uh, so I'll look him up while we're doing that. On IMDb, the credits for each episode is atrocious. So whoever manages that, fix that. <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's just like it, me- it mentions every character, and it's like, oh. give me. And they're, well, I mean, if you do the show, they'll do like episodes, like characters based on how many episodes they're in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that's smart because it's based on like how many episodes they're in the show. So that's kind of like they're one of the main cast. But if you go to the episode specifically, they don't just list everybody, and you're like, they're that's not weird. even in the episode. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know. And then all the, all of them are like big infantry guy, small villager. I'm like, great. <sighs> It's like I have to look at the picture. I'm like, how does he look like with prosthetics on? Uh, Anyways, uh, the name is Eugene Cordero. Eugene Cordero. And you will know him things from like Kong Skull Island, Mm -hmm. The Mule, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously Mandalorian, Bob's Burgers, Mm -hmm. and uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties, which is a fantastic comedy show. Uh, The runtime for this show, over this episode, was 41 minutes. Long episode. Long uh, yeah. Uh, one, yeah, and uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score has not changed. So, uh, the episode release was November 29th, 2019, and now we're out. Mm-hmm. We're done with all the uh, info stuff. Now it's all just the personal opinions and anal- 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 analysis brought analysis. to you by, and by and analysis. brought to you by Nissan. Just kidding. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, the help people in <laughs> so, so yeah, let's favorite parts. Let's divulge. Like uh, I okay. really loved. Uh, just seeing a village, a rice mm-hmm. paddy looking village. Yeah. Uh, that, krill, right? Which, yeah, that like had like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it out here, and I'm gonna be Let's weak. I'm gonna Let's be weak. I'm gonna show my weakness out here. Is that teal or turquoise? Like their uh, main colors. I'm gonna say it's fit. turquoise. Oh, the colors that they wear. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a turquoise. Okay, because I, as a child, have been conditioned the wrong way, and I'm like, I don't know the difference anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so they're wearing turquoise, and I like kind of like that. Where it's like, so far we we've been used to like a deserty thing, and then also we were talking about it a little earlier, like any type of spacefaring kind of like traveling me along show is typically been a lot of desert stuff. Yeah, but this time we get a lush, beautiful village, and I mean, albeit it's a like uh, an oasis. Some yeah. would say, like, because the bar that he drops by and it's like also looks like Tatooine or wherever anyone's from. <laughs> well, um, I think that's yeah. part of it. I think, um, because we've seen those like concept arts at the end credits mm-hmm. and those are used for establishing like they're basically postcards for the scene. And a postcard is kind of like a it's basically a piece of art that encapsulates the theme and the and the and and the feel of a scene. So I think they have concept art of that and you know. Yeah, you know, brown's flat. I find like, myself you know, you just not be on this episode. Beyond this episode, I find myself sitting through the entirety of the credits just to watch the art. Hmm. Yeah, so it, they probably wanted to look more it. interesting than just like gray and brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, that's something that Star Wars had definitely found a home in. Yeah, and I think it kind of like you know romanticized a little bit of like the Western mixed with the Japanese, you know, mm-hmm. samurai stuff. Yeah, and this actually gets a chance to kind of like, oh, this is like to me, it was kind of like what Marvel did with Wakanda. Like, everyone will, like, yeah. sing praises about, like, the space and guardians. But I'm like, Wakanda. Like, forest. Forever. And it's like, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, look at how technology can mix with nature. And, like, it looks yeah. great. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the iron paradise all the time. Or iron jungle all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I thought, that, I thought I, to me, just the 
the look of it was, I was just like, cool. I'm glad it had those kind of, I don't know, tones for this episode. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of... The palette. And, yeah. And then also it worked well with, with Mando's armor. Like, and that's yeah, kind of smart. Yeah. Like, I think thing that they did, I wouldn't want to say it's a conservative idea, but it's like silver will go anywhere. Whether he's mm-hmm. in a desert or he's in a lush garden, like he's gonna look good. He's gonna look, gonna look good. <laughs> Although I noticed one of his, I didn't notice that one of his like uh, thigh pads is still not Beskar. You had to save some for the foundlings, baby. Yeah, he didn't need a baby. This is the way he doesn't need it. It's the way he doesn't need it. It's the way, baby. He doesn't, um, he doesn't do like day. <laughs> no, he doesn't do like day. I I was really fascinated by. I mean, we brought it up already about how they shot the ATST with the red eyes. Like mm-hmm. the, that the was modded, really cool. Yeah, that I was really liked thing. the look of that. I really dug it, and I I really appreciated um, the uh, the entirety of Gina's role and, and and how it was written and her her tactical thinking. Like, give me give me the the gun, let me run up here and make it so it has to lean over to see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yep. I loved that whole fight. I really I really dug it. Part of me wondered if she should just shoot the ground. But, I was wondering about that. But I mean, like, it's also, you know, could be like, could be packed because I mean, like, if the thing's walking on it, then obviously, like, the ground's not. I was going to say it was shooting bitch. the ground and, yeah. and it wasn't doing much. I was thinking they should have blown something up behind it uh, and then push it. And then it would have, like, instinctually, like, maybe moved forward yeah. or maybe pushed it or something. It was funny when you were saying, like, how you like the red eyes. I kind of almost wanted to see inside of it because I would, like, mm-hmm. imagine it inside would look like a submarine. Basically, Probably, yeah. yeah. And so, like, that'd be kind of a cool just shot to have because typically we have... Because those have pilots, these. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why he would throw a grenade in there. I think I heard mm-hmm. a scream. I can't tell, though. Oh, people die. Like, no, with the, with the <laughs> grenade that he throws in oh, yeah, yeah. at the end, I think somebody screamed or yelled or whatever. But, uh, oh, they we, did. We can, they ask, did right? we can ask Josh wherever the audio lays. It's centered or in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, where was the scream yeah, coming out of left? I also... I also... Uh, I really would love to find out more about Omera. Like... Where'd she learn to shoot? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah. I was so heartbroken uh, about him almost letting her take his helmet off. I mean, obviously, I knew it wasn't going to happen this early on in the show. Uh, but there was that there's that small little romantic sentimental side of me that was like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it'll happen for her. Um, so I, I'm I'm on the uh, when all is said and done with this show, that final episode, that's where he needs to end up. Is is right back. I mean, there. five seasons from now or seven. Sure, seasons whatever it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, I think that's where the long con with up. like Captain America getting Peggy. Very <laughs> uh, also, yeah. the uh, the callback to the frog. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. I wanted him to eat it. I'm I was like, like no. oh no, it's good. Well, the kids learning. Kids need to learn the circle of life. Yeah, well, and he's learning social dies. norms. Yeah. I mean, there's a curl right there. They're they're learning. Yeah, I I did like actually that Yoda. I I wrote this in a note. Baby Yoda is becoming Jade from Jackie Chan Adventures. Where oh it's my like, god, stay here and never fucking stays there. Almost becoming yeah. uh, some kids I don't like in other uh, forms of media. But Baby Yoda's like cute as hell. I love that and, they made him a little mischievous too. Like him hitting the like hitting the buttons all sneakily. Yeah. And, yeah, and also just drinking the bone broth. Yeah, you know? just chilling. So far, he hasn't put himself in danger. Exactly, which right. is the saving grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder where uh, he was at during the whole final fight. Also, shout out to—I I mean, I've said this a long time. Shout out to—it was probably with the other kids. Yeah, I mean, that, where it's they were all hiding, kids, yeah. um, sleeping. To whoever was like, we're still gonna go with puppets oh, most of the time. Do you? Oh, that's something I wanted to bring up. Warner Hertz. You saw? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. There was a little snippet. Everyone uh, listening. Uh, that kind of revealed like Werner Herzog 
had overheard conversation that they might replace the Baby Yoda puppet with CGI. And then mm-hmm. Warner Herzog said, you are cowards. Leave it. And mm-hmm. I was like, because mm, Warner yeah. Herzog is one of those guys who's like, risk it for the fucking biscuit. Yep. If you have so a vision, better. do it. And it's yeah, so it, much better. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously points where like you got to have to like CGI the puppet yeah. itself so that right. it can move a little bit more fluidly. But like there is a, a cuteness to seeing like a boxy type of like walk cycle and like. Well, I mean, even like the way like the ears would fidget, mm-hmm. you know, around or twitch, you really can't. I have, still haven't seen it really captured 100% perfectly mm-hmm. in CG, mm-hmm. even with the no. old Toyota. So. Do you know about the the story about uh, Simon Pegg and J.J. Abrams about his daughter? No, no. Uh, so Force Simon Awakens. Pegg was showing, yeah, he was showing Star Wars to his daughter before Force Awakens was happening, and mm. uh, she thought Yoda was real, uh, not in the prequels, but in the original trilogy. Yeah, because wow. it was a puppet and it was something tangible and it could interact with people. And in passing with 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 just talking to JJ because he's you know they're they're buddies and they've worked on Star Trek and all that kind of stuff, he mentioned that story to him. And so a years go by and he f- gets invited to the Star Wars set, and uh, everyone's like you know really excited to see Simon. And someone comes up to him and he's like, "Oh, you're the guy who sta- saved Star Wars." Mm-hmm. He's like, "What are you talking about?" And JJ said that in the meeting, pitch meeting, the producers. He told them the story about Simon Pegg's daughter and why it was important to use puppets and realistic animatronics in the new Star Wars film, and that's why they did it. And I'm I'm really excited that they're sticking with that with, awesome. with this baby Yoda. Shout out to uh, Dark Crystal show that no one watched. It really did make all the difference in Force uh, Awakens, and you can you can notice it here when the puppetry. It's yeah, just, it adds a. a well, even with Simon dimension. Pegg's character in Force Awakens, like it's mostly puppet except for the mouth, yeah. right? I mean, you know? that's that's the thing. Um, Christopher Nolan talks about that a lot. Like, there is such a sense in needing to see something that lives in three D space. Yes, and mm-hmm. like like eye line, but also how you interact, blocking wise and geographically. Like seeing how characters move and interact with each other is like such a big deal. But then again, it's like we're, our eyes kind of know what isn't real, and sometimes like even though there's phenomenal things that sometimes can trick us, like with a puppet, like our eyes don't have to really do that much work. And it's more right. of like our own uh, ability yeah. to just have, you know, a suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. So, it's a Jurassic Park effect. Yeah. Um, but with this episode, I, going back to like favorite parts and stuff like that, I really kind of liked that they expanded more about like, and it's, it's not the important stuff. I like the expansion of like how other places work and interact. Like how does, about like a, a Mandalorian bounty hunter to like work like go in another place and how are people there and like oh if you get overpaid like these kind of things I'm like I want to feel the world a little bit it's like again if anything to me this is like the best sell for a video game yeah this yeah. is the best sell for say- like I want to see how an NPC responds to me <laughs> right I mean, are you this, saying this like when he tosses her the extra coin and how yeah, excited she I'll, was I'll, and- Tossing another flargan and spotch this entire this entire show has been that like episode two where he's like. It's basically a side quest to go get the egg. Oh yeah, and then you level up your armor. Like, come on, it's this I, is yeah. an RPG. I kind of feel. Uh, well, emotion. Yeah. I was gonna say I kind of feel like this is like this is how you fight a boss battle, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's what Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like that that you can be a bounty hunter in that, and it's it used to be super rewarding because you could go on whatever you make your decisions, you make your dialogue choices. Like, yeah. I would be so down for a hyper focused like pick one class and go for it. That'd be amazing. Ali, any favorite parts, baby? 
Um, I mean, just the ATST uh, encounter in the fight, that whole bit, like with it, like standing up and seeing how tall it is, and then it kind of revealing itself slowly through the brush. And you hear in the boom, boom. Yeah, boom. it's like, I wonder if the director was recently in a dinosaur movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, like there's a little bit of influence there, but it's like it works. She de- well, I mean, Gina Cron definitely did not wear heels. <laughs> no. Definitely did not yeah. outrun a fucking chicken no. walker. No. Um, also, the op- I mean, the opening scene was, I thought, great. I was not expecting just the kind of something like that dramatic to happen. Oh, no, yeah. even yeah. Ma- it wasn't even a massacre. It was just a rant. A rant uh, it was a, an attack. It was a raid. And, yeah. and them yeah. hiding under the basket. And, like, I just, I think I was, ho- like, I felt like I was holding my breath along with them. I thought it was shot so well. Very. Like claustrophobic in the basket shot. Very Lord of the Rings. Very Lord of the Rings. It was, really, yeah, it, was, it was a very low village. entry raid. It's probably the first raid. Yeah. You know? There wasn't really <laughs> yeah, a boss. There's not high mechanics. <laughs> Tutorial raid. <laughs> um, but I dug it. I think I think it it looked really good. Like it it felt it had the the positive vibes of like mm-hmm. the things I like out of out of Lord of the Rings in that scene. And it was very intense. And you you were constantly, you know, on the edge of your seat with them kind of hiding in the basket. I think I was, was for really sure like thought that main guy was going to turn gonna, around, like, and turn around the notice the basket and and yeah something uh, for for sure yeah one, one thing I did like was kind of the a little bit of the exploration of like what happens when you do take off that helmet that kind of conversation right because mm-hmm. uh, you know again like we've seen so much Jedi stories like right, right now in the new trilogy it's like how the Jedi are like dead and then like in the original trilogy it's like. The Jedi were once these things. And then, like, and in the, the prequel, prequels, was like, we're Jedi, motherfucker. Like, yeah, join yeah. us. We're so cool. And this is but kind we of, do not grant you a seat on the council. Yeah. And then, like, seeing uh, Clone Wars and then, again, Dave Filoni stuff, right? And then Rebels, you know, again, I'm, I'm only in the first season. And then Sabine, so she's, like, a pink armor-wearing bounty hunter. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. a Mandalorian. And she yeah. takes her helmet off all the fucking time. And so when he says that, I'm like, okay, so definitely cultures and religions can change with time yeah. and shit. Um, but Different also sects. it's like making, to me, you know, it's hard to not watch it through the prism of like current society and like how people have religious um, apparel that they keep on for specific things. Mm-hmm. And so people don't take off, you know, like whether it's a something you wear over your head or something you wear on yeah. your wrist or something you wear over your neck. Like, there are things that you don't take off, and when you do, those are very important. Like, a lot of cultures don't cut their hair. Yeah. And so, I thought this was really kind of cool to, like, again, using sci-fi to talk about bigger things is, like, Mm -hmm. that that just makes my my baby Yoda grow. I loved, like, hearing the reason of, like, (laughs) and it's not a full reason, but it gives you a lot more insight uh, Mm -hmm. when he says... Like, why can't you, what would happen if you took it off? And then he's, and he says, I could, I wouldn't be able to put it back on. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can kind of get a hint of some of the mythology of like, the Decide way, on your whole family. that's the way <laughs> of like, if you're meant, you're Mandalorian 100% of the time, there's no taking a break from it. There's no part-time baby. There's no part-time Mandalorian. I thought that was, you get a little bit of that and, it, and it's nice when you do. Mm-hmm. That's what I really enjoy. Cause you know, like dipping into qualms a little bit, it's a very paint by numbers, like story. Mm-hmm. But I liked that it was like the story could kind of get out of the way of us kind of learning a lot more about the Mandalorian, the character himself. And yeah. It was a nice way to slide in some exposition. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to, to go back to the taking the helmet off kind of thing, there were there were a couple different factions of Mandalorians that broke off. Some sided with the Empire and stuff like that. So like you're saying, Tom, mm-hmm. like it's much like there's like Christianity and Lutheran and stuff like right. that. It's, oh, it's, it's whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of like. You know what I mean? Sect yeah. you're with is, is whatever you code. 
Look, everyone at home, I was brave. I was born a Buddhist, but I'm definitely probably like the least. Not like mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like religions and stuff like that. But man, so many of them out there. It's so confusing who believes in what nowadays. I'm just mm-hmm. like, yo, like some of y'all believe in him, some of y'all don't, some of y'all whatever. I'm just like, it's crazy. So it's like, just one planet. But like, yeah. But so <laughs> yeah. like, what if Star Wars delved into that? Like, you know, there's different. There's more than just the light and the dark side of the Force. There's more than mm-hmm. just how like the classic, you know, Mandalorians were or the traditional ones or like new age ones, you know, what, what, you know, what edition of the book are you reading? You know, it's yeah. like, that yeah, this be, is very classic Mandalorian uh, so, yeah. that he's following. And it'd be really cool to see like, you know, like old school, old Testament shit. And, and even right. then, like we talked, I don't know if we talked about it on this episode, but like, even like Qui-Gon was like much more traditional comparative, like to almost Yoda, like where he mm-hmm. was like, you guys are getting too far into politics and like, like the veering the Jedi the wrong way where I'm more into like the actual fucking way of the Jedi. Balance yeah. of the force. Exactly. Yeah. So like peacekeeping. Yeah. That's so all. It'd be really cool to kind of get a little bit more. It's not going to happen in this season for sure, but in later seasons, maybe it's more about other men. Oh, <laughs> in later seasons, maybe like each episode's a different Mandalorian. Oh, maybe. And he's like the leader of his, oh, anyways. So you, um, you saying that makes me, he becomes makes me Mandalore. Wish. Do you remember the B plot in, I guess you'd call it the A plot, in Attack of the Clones, where uh, Anakin is just like house sitting in like Padme or her, Padme. at her yeah. island sand. retreat? I don't like sand. Like, imagine if yeah. that was like a training sequence, not a sequence, but like a training, you know, plot line between him and Obi Wan, where they were like on an isolated planet somewhere. Maybe like he was talking at, about maybe the he force. was at one of the Jedi temples Stop and giving getting a boner and giving one getting one of his Jedi you know, uh, prophecies or visions. So, anyways, uh, we could always maybe we'll see the Obi Wan randomly TV maybe. show when it comes out. Maybe. maybe. Um, so uh, we'll go into. I mean, there's really no other characters. I would say like side characters. So I would say it would be like Omera as well as Cara Dune. Yeah, and then the the one uh, funny guy that you mentioned, Corey. I mean, I'd yeah. say Kara. Oh, by the way, Kara, uh, o- Omera, the, the gun she shoots is the same type. Uh, do you know who Bosk is? Uh, Bosk is is the lizard bounty hunter in Empire, in, uh, oh. Empire, I think, or New Hope. Oh. Uh, when the, when he's talking to them, he's like, no disintegrations. Oh, okay. There's okay, this yeah. lizard-looking bounty hunter there. His name's Bosk, mm. and uh, she's using the same gun. You mean like he, the Boskalisk? Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, uh, speaking of that one bounty hunter at the very end with the fob, yeah. I almost thought it was Cad Bane. Oh. Because I saw the hat and I was like, it can't. It, but then it was just a hoodie. And I was like, <gasps> because to me, that almost that made me like a little excited. I'm like, could I see some really dope bounty hunters that's not Mandalorian? You might. Because that would be I'm sure cool will. to kind of like explore as well. Yeah. Like it's not just Carl Weathers and my favorite partner. No, I think we <laughs> well, will. We've seen a few Twi'leks now. Yeah. Well, as the farther he gets away from that system, mm-hmm. I think you'll start seeing those because that's that just that one system mm-hmm. of those bounty hunters. True, true, true. Um, yeah. Maybe so different. Once, I'm into it. Yeah. So uh, maybe. So uh, favorite side characters? Cara uh, For sure. Cara Yeah. Dune. Cara Dune. yeah. Um, I have a weird feeling that, well, I mean, Seven and eight is going to be there. God damn you, she, Tom. I was going to say, I have yeah, a weird feeling like, that I was going to see her again, but... She, I she, was, she was definitely my, like, back in the day, before Gal Gadot was uh, cast, she was my pick for Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, I can see work. Yeah. Well, and also, she used to date Henry Cavill. So. Would, oh, hey. <laughs> Perfect. Well, there you go. There it is. But yeah, she... Yeah, Shout she, out to Gal Gadot, though. Yeah, I know. I love everyone. But no, she... Yeah, she <laughs> she's great. Gina Carano. Mm, 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 mm. What is it? Less angry at Rosie O'Donnell? 
Uh, no, I thought it was lesbian <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> no, I, oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure the quote, the, the line was lesbian Rosie O'Donnell. Maybe that was the blooper. Less angry. I was gonna say, I'm thinking the blooper. Yeah. And, no, he, yeah. and he goes, he literally says, less angry Rosie O'Donnell. And then they say, punt. cut. And he goes, sorry, sorry Gina. Gina. Yeah. Love it. She goes, Damn, Gina. Um, so I guess it moves us to qualms. Who wants to start out? Uh, I I don't right. have many, uh, but it's this. I mean, it's uh, Ollie. Go ahead, because it's the same one as you, pretty much. The fuck, uh, yeah, you guys just, talk about this before this? No, he just no, said. Just I know what he episode, meant when he said oh, paint by numbers. Uh, right. The episode was very paint by numbers. You could even kind of tell it in the mother's face, like when the Mandalorian's coming to stay there. And I'm like, oh, this is she's a survivor, uh, and she's uh, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> and then he's gonna maybe ask her what happened at some point, and she's gonna be the character to transcend, yada yada. Um, and then they're gonna Break his band together, exterior. exactly. And then they're gonna band together and to overcome. defeat the uh-huh. You've seen it in bu- you've seen it in a bug's life. You've seen it <laughs> in Firefly. When I asked for Mandalorians. You're the saddest you see it? now <laughs> in Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, that's my only real qualm, but I'm not upset about it. Me neither. Like like I said, it's what I wished Firefly was, like the episodes of Firefly. For those of you, I'm, I'm on the minority for those of you who don't know who, who wasn't a fan. Uh, but this is this is exactly what I would have wanted it to be. It's exactly like 100% so not paint by the numbers? I mean, this is. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. I, I'm again, like I said, I didn't complain because mm. I think the episode That's just the most did, obvious serves example. a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it. I think it serves. It needs to be the pain by numbers because of of what we're getting out of it. Yeah. Um, it's the closest parody because it's sci-fi and it's a rural blah blah blah. Yeah, so it's right. Same kind the of mud idea. town, right? Yeah. That episode. Exactly. Um, but I thought this was executed uh, better. I agree. Uh, I have a bunch of qualms. Uh, Go for it. I Fair. think this is the worst written episode so far. Oh really? Um, I think some of the dialogue is just terrible and i think they didn't need to have it like come on you hunk of junk it's like all right we don't need that line <laughs> also like uh what are you waiting for i'm thinking it's like we don't need to say that we fucking can tell like there's some things that there's just like why did that line make it mm-hmm. like this is a 41 minute episode why did that line make it versus just like a shot of her mm-hmm. looking at what's happening and maybe seeing the carnage and then seeing like the atst and then be like she's got she's making a plan like that's it, but for I'm thinking. It's like no shit. With you're thinking, like yeah, it just felt like they needed like filler that. lines. To be like, we have to make sure we make time. It's like to no. be fair though, if we were in a battle and I just saw you sitting there staring, I would go, "What are you doing, Tom?" Well, you know how I'm. <laughs> to be staring. fair, you know how I'm staring. And Maybe I'm, I mean, like we. I think again during people I'm not arguing b- your point. Battle of war. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. You know, like, there were a couple good. There are a couple of really. You, but the thing is, you could you could change that again. Like certain dialogue should be effective to a point where it's like they progress things, mm-hmm. and like questioning, it be like what are you doing? What needs to be done? And well, then take his gun and not, not even what are you doing? But it's like it's just more like what's your plan? I, I would that's, say it's yeah. more like active. It's like yeah. you already know she has a plan, and maybe she's like I don't know yet. Maybe there's like a a thing where it's like oh, what what I would say is the character moments were written. I think written well, mm-hmm. like the scene with him and the getting settled down right before he takes off his helmet, and then um, him like in the beginning with the baby Yoda talking to him there. But I, then like the idle logistical the kind of like get point A to point B dialogue, I agree with. Like, yeah, that, well, that I was mean, kind of like filler. I, I would mm-hmm. say this: I I really did not connect at all with uh, with this. I feel like faux pas forced romance wannabe thing, and like to me it was like, is it kind of like? Because she's just being nice to him. 
And then she's asking him questions that no one else in the show has well, asked him yet. We don't know what's been going on those last few weeks. It's a few weeks. And so mm. I was just, I mean, there's mm. a lot of kinky sex that could happen, baby. <laughs> and I'm here Put for it. With the helmet on. Yeah, baby. Know, <laughs> I'm down for it, but fucking show it to me. You know what I'm saying? But fucking show it to me. You want to make it like fucking weird that he has sex with the mask on? Also make it weird that like he just met Puts this girl and he's like, her. I'm about to take off this mask for you. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> how, you, how many people have you killed and you didn't going to give it for her? Like to me, that yeah. was like so weird. I was like, I feel like that was so forced for me. Well, and then, I think what it was is him realizing not necessarily for her, but it was like, it was like too good to be true. Like all the check boxes were checked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, he, he gets to lay low. Especially he, for the writing. Exactly. Well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I also he, he gets to lay low. He met someone he connects with, and he can protect the baby uh, at the same right. time. I felt, exactly. it, which I liked. I liked the fact that he was planning. To, I liked the ending. I liked the ending a lot mm-hmm. because to me, that was like a, I think that was a good writing bit of like I'm going to leave. It was happen for sure. Um, that he was going to leave or that he was going to stay. That he's going to leave the baby. I thought that was going to yeah, be like, I like that. And then yeah, something yeah. was going to make drama back. back exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that he would have an episode maybe without him and it'd be sad and be like, you know, uh, Lee and Tucker and all that boy. Stuff. Um, but like, um, the beginning I thought was cool, but it wasn't to me that great. Like I, when I got it, I watched it and I got a glimpse and a flashback of the opening of Inglorious Bastards. And I thought that would have mm. been a little bit cooler mm-hmm. because it's nothing. Just ha- need Quentin Tarantino to nothing happened. Cause it's like, we stole your shrimp. And then walked away. That's what I'll say is that the stakes didn't feel that. I like, mean, wait, did they like, so I was a little confused. Did they like murder, did they massacre the same, the village and then they were fine like a few weeks later? No, they just, yeah, they just happen. get their shit stolen. That's it. No one really died. Nobody really died. You don't see it. Well, because she looked, she, at the end of the beginning, she looks at the thing and there's not a no. single soul no. and and the droid's dead. Yeah. And it's like, did you, so I was a little confused, like how, how far into the yeah, future and, have we and come? So, I mean, I'll, I'll connect to, for them the, to I'll have co- recovered. I'll connect to these points. That's a good point. This whole story is the, is the train the villagers trope. Mm-hmm. And this to me is like, I feel like in the pitching room, they were like, we got to do an episode where we train the villagers. Yeah. Cause that was created by Akira Kurosawa with uh, Seven Samurai mm-hmm. and Magnificent Seven was a direct Western adaptation of it. They done it in Army of Darkness. They did it in Bugs Life. They done it so many times yeah. that like you smell it. Three of the people were the same, and they were the, they were the comedian guy, his yeah. friend, and which the I mean lady, to me, I, I gl- I'm glad that like you had two distinguished faces. The guy that the two guys that got the bounty hunt, like that got Mando yeah. to go with them, like they got their moment where they killed the main the leader of the the other tribe, and like cool, you got you got a glimmer of seeing them in action because you have Omera who's like. I don't know why you're training because mm-hmm. apparently you're just a natural at shooting. Yeah, so who cares? Um, but like, so that whole trope of like, hey, we're going to train the villagers felt like no shit this is going to happen. To me, I think it would have been actually, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It might be in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it could have been saved for an eighth, like the later in the episode because to me, it's like there's not much that. establishment with this like this village is like yeah. who gives a shit about them he could just have pieced out but mm-hmm. then again this is trying to show that Mando is a good guy yeah and mm-hmm. like they're trying to fight only because like oh my lodging's not good mm-hmm. like cause I wasn't even gonna help you before but now that you've given me house I might like it um so it just felt weird because the thing with that kind of story the way the elements need to happen is that you have to have the unlikely hero and which is the Mandalorian as well as uh Cara Dune but then it kind of felt like it just felt so si- like too simple. Like we can't do it by ourselves, so we have to leave. Yeah, but we're well, going to exactly train. What, 
Ali and I were saying it's just yeah. very like by the books, but yeah. the information I got out of out of it for me kind of yeah. outweighed some. Well, of it's that. it was that story, but like without a second act in it. Yeah, because yeah. it, it didn't, it didn't have it. it didn't have that like the villagers were reluctant, so they carried on, and then mm -hmm. something worse happens, and then that catalysts them into. Like that's the typical mm -hmm. version of that story, I, I feel. And then this one was kind of very like, uh, basically Mando being like GTFO from this planet, and then like yeah. within a minute, I feel like they mm -hmm. were like, "We're gonna do it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, okay. I, I did forget. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in this uh, episode is actually when they're on the little hovercraft going to the village, and they're and Cara Dune as well as uh, Mando are both illuminated by the little like lamp. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful shot, and I'm just like. There's not one shot that looks like this in Star Wars. No. And I was like, yeah, they fucking need, this is what like to me is what's to me revitalizing the franchise a little bit for me where it's yeah. like interesting cinematography between different characters that we're not used to. Um, so like, well, it's, but, it's like you have this franchise, you have, it's sci-fi. It's, you get these amazing like scopes and scales and like amazing imagery that you can do, like do it. Yeah, you know, don't squander your opportunities and to, me, to like, have amazing looking art. And, and what I talked about with like how the first time we see the ATST, like it looks terrifying. The first yeah. time you ever see that ever in Star Wars cinema is like from Rogue One, and even then was like it kind of wanted to hold back a little bit on it. But like that was what also like drew me to that film because there was a lot of shots of uh, Jyn Erso. I believe that's mm -hmm, the character. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. that looked fucking phenomenal. I was like, yeah. these are the cool shots between characters that aren't illuminated by a lightsaber. I mean... The beach, light, like the whole beach yeah. third act. Like, that was stunning. I will say, lightsabers are fucking dope, but it's kind of cool to see some shots that aren't illuminated by lightsabers sometimes. Right. And, like, see how, <laughs> yeah. how well it can work. Um, but, yeah. There's a time and place. Yeah, and so, I seeing this, like, I was like, there's, there's really cool imagery, iconography, but then, like... I will say this in in light of my, you know, pointing out that this is the train the villagers trope. Like, I'm glad there's a version of it in Star Wars now. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. everyone's got to have it. Fucking Avatar has it. Everyone's got it. Batman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone has good, it. A pretty damn good one, too. And so I'm like, this is, you know, yeah. there's worse travesties to be had oh, yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah and this is um, just like being like, well... We have to stretch to find a qualm, really, with this, with, no. with a lot of this content. I mean, I for think me, we no. can all. I, I hope I can speak for us all, where we were like, we're pleasantly surprised that this is a good show. Like, yes, like saying the I word, agree. like I think you can say that comfortably. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm glad that it's watchable for me. Okay, and I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, but it's like saying it's like I don't have to stretch to find the qualms in it because. Like to me, well, I you're could, excited to tune in every right. every week, and you want to watch well, it. Well, like and you get also, excited when the Star Wars logo comes also, out. Also, like it's revitalized a little bit of like the love for weekly shows. Yeah. And so I mean, mm -hmm. like Watchmen's doing the same thing. DC Titans is doing the same thing, and it's like, yeah, I kind of miss this. I that hate new Star Wars fanfare when it comes up. Like, I mean, that, that's the stuff I'd be, I'd be you know, crying I, for. I, when I've, I I've begun kid. to hate binge culture and like weekly shows. Like it's kind of like you water cooler talk a lot, and it's I like, like it. fun. Yeah. You get to. I mean, I we're I mean, still I, talking about Baby Yoda. I got love for both, but yeah. it's it is refreshing to be able to. If you were to ask me a question about, like, oh, uh, what episode did this happen in? I could tell you. Yeah, with, it with, allows you with to Stranger just, Things. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, it allows right. you to distinguish thing. all the episodes. Yeah. Um, I also want to say a little little Easter egg when he calls it a hunk of junk is the same thing uh, Lando says. He's like fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. I love those little circular Easter eggs. I think that was that they, why I was more doing. okay with those with those like quips and the weird name calling things, and it's like because that's very Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. And at least very, you know, original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And to me, like people, you still hear every now and again that like the Mandalorian is too chummy, is too, it's like 
talks too much and you're like, I, I don't really understand people coming from that. But I, I always they think, want him to be Boba Fett for some reason. Well, I not. always say, imagine, imagine Harrison Ford reading that like as Han Solo. Like, and I think you'll feel a little bit more comfortable with the dialogue itself. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think to Corey's point, like people are putting their expectations on what they want the show to be versus right. like letting the character have its own identity. Cause I think there's shows that like Samurai Jack that do really well and you see the character's face mm-hmm. and he doesn't say like more than like five lines in an episode. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. the, that works. And like you can do that with this character too, but it's just not. He's, what, he's a normal guy. Well, you it's know. not what the creators want. And so like right. you have to right. respect what the creators want. It's not it's a different guy. Again, it can't be fan-owned content. Mm-hmm. You have to let yeah. the creator own the content. Yeah. Um, so so on that note, you know, I do hope that they keep working to build a bit more personality with him. Because um, right now I would say, you know, as interesting- Every bit we get is great. It, it's it's great, but I, I would love to see him have to make certain, like more difficult decisions. I mean, that's, again, I, I talked about it in the last episode and you guys all said, well, don't get too excited, Tom. So uh, we'll leave that there wherever it might, you know, how the eighth episode will unfold. They have a season two on their way. So, you know, obviously yeah. whatever decisions happen at the last episode have to set the pace for the season yeah. two. So but we're, we're, yeah. we're over the hump, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. we have four more. Yeah. So excited. Shout out to Bryce for being the second female director yeah. of the yes. Star Wars series. Just had to be uh, related to the solo director. So exactly. <laughs> just kidding. Solo uh, second director. I know, right? Um, but yeah, that wraps up the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you what are want, your thoughts? Yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts? Slip and slide into our DMs, especially that—that's my our preferred way. Um, give us a, a rating on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps with the show, and also gives us a chance to uh, course correct and make anything better that you, for you, the listener, mm-hmm. since you are a part of this, and we and we, we love, love you. you. And yeah. uh, if you want to listen to any more, listen, uh, check us out on nerdon.tv. Or um, just look, actually, if you just Google Nerd On, the podcast. Um, yeah. We're the first one. Shout out. We also got brand new merch out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, make sure to check out nerdon.io backslash comicsology mm-hmm. for until uh, December 31st. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, ring us out. Baby. You know the drill. As always, Nerd, Nerd On. on. Broadcast.